ML Nation, episode 341. Discipline becomes a habit. Once it's a habit, it's game over. Then you just do it and do it and do it and do it and do it, whatever it is. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. Hey, MLM Nation. If you want to recruit more reps and also create duplication, I highly recommend you check out my free training. It's a webinar, my sponsoring workshop. This teaches you the seven steps to become a top recruiter and the mental tricks I did. It also talks about a six-figure close. You can use immediately to close a prospect, whether it's for a customer or for a business, it works both ways. It uh, also talks about a lot of different strategies that I use to become a top recruiter. I recruit over 80 people a year, consistently year after year. That's actually helped help me make over a million dollars in the business. It's a free webinar. Go check out it at sponsoringworkshop.com. Again, www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Go get your pen and paper ready. I'm sure you can get tons of value. And if you have questions, make sure you bring them onto the webinar as well. Again, sponsoringworkshop.com. And I look forward to seeing you there. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan. And let me ask you, what's your purpose and vision? My purpose in doing what I do is to have a positive impact as many lives as possible. And that's why I founded ML Nation. Now, I'm loud and proud to be in network marketing profession because I have three beliefs. Number one, network marketing allows us to fulfill our unlimited potential. So write that down. Number two is network marketing allows us to give back more. And I want you, whatever success you have, to give back more. Number three, most important, network marketing allows us to be a better leader at home. It allows us to be better parents a better spouse because we're always leading by example. You can take the lessons we learn from these top leaders for myself and apply it back to home. And our mission at ML Nation is to empower 10,000 distributors to achieve a full-time income. Now, ML Nation, you must have a clear purpose and vision because otherwise you'll never do the uncomfortable things that are necessary for success to happen. That's why your purpose and vision is so important. It's what's going to pull you and motivate you. And before we start today's show, make sure you check out our partner, Networking Times. If you like ML Nation, you'll love Networking Times. Each issue is packed with amazing training stories just like MLM Nation. Go check it out at mlnation.net forward slash times. And now, I'm super fired up. Let's go to today's training. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, Someone I met recently, and amazing story of what this profession can do in terms of residual income. And we have Todd Burrier. Hey, Todd, are you ready to make it happen? Simon, I'm always ready, man. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Todd Burrier is a 28-year-old ML veteran in the network marketing profession who has been full-time for the past 27 years. Not only has he made millions in profession, but he has coached and mentored multiple six-figure earners. Aside from being a leader, Todd has also written three books about MLM, including his latest book here, Leading with Heart, Powerful Wisdoms for Lasting Leadership in Network Marketing. Todd's been married for 28 years, has two grown children, and live out in Westminster, Maryland. So Todd, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background. I know you went to college, you have an MBA, but how did you get started with network marketing? Yeah, you know, Simon, uh, I, I you know, never would have imagined I would have been in network marketing. It's not really exactly 
um, something I would have envisioned as, as a younger guy. Um, I, um, I grew up with a pretty low self-esteem and very much an introvert and really never, um, you know, certainly wasn't envisioning any type of career in sales, put myself through college as a bartender, had so much fun doing that. I did that for a few years after college. Um, by the way, it's a great way for a shy guy to meet girls. That was sort of like, you know, um, but then, um, ended up in the banking industry and, um, got laid off twice in a four year period. And the second time, and neither one of those were really because of performance. They were more because of situations in, involving the economy and the market and the company. Um, but the second time, you know, I, I was married and we were pregnant. And, um, you know, I, I tell you, it was one of those things. It was like a switch. I said, I, I never want this to happen again. And uh, so I, I was looking for a way to be free. And the only thing I could see were sales jobs. And I failed every sales aptitude test I ever took. They said, you dude are not a salesman. Uh, so that wasn't something I was attracted to. And so I ended up in a network marketing meeting. And it, it was like uh, the light bulb went off. Here's an opportunity that, uh, you know, no one is telling me I can or cannot. I just can, can give it a shot because, you know, the idea of starting a business certainly never occurred to me. Um, and so I, you know, I took the step that was 28 years ago. So, um, so once you got started, did you go back? I know you said that you were a full time for 27 years, but got started for 28. Did you have a job for the first year before you went full time? Yeah. Cause at the time that I, I got into the industry, you know, once, once I laid off, I had to find a port in the storm because, you know, I, I was the primary income earner and we were pregnant. So I got another job in the banking industry, but it wasn't, um, wasn't enough money. So I also was tending bar at night, three nights a week. So I would, you know, go to work during the day and then uh, I would come home and, and have dinner with my wife. And then I would get in the car and drive 45 minutes to a nightclub and work until, you know, three or four in the morning and get up the next day and do it all over again. Uh, so that's what I was doing when I first got into the industry. And then I ultimately left the bank job and just worked as a bartender for the next several months. Um, you know, and we just were scraping it together until I was able to go full time. So how was your first couple of weeks like? Obviously, you did pretty well your first year. You're able to go to full time. Uh, you're laughing right now. So how was the first couple of weeks? And it could you uh, banking into network marketing. I would say the first couple of weeks were brutal, Simon, um, because, you know, here again, I this is so far out of my comfort zone. I mean, I, I, I'm an introvert. I'm also very non-confrontational and, and personality assessments show that rejection is the thing I'm the most fearful of. <laughs> so you want to you really test that. And so, you know, the idea of even making a, a phone call, that was really difficult for me. And you know, obviously, um, I, I wasn't a person who had developed much credibility. So it's not like I'd call people and say, hey, I've got this great business opportunity. You should take a look at it. And they're like, oh, boy, OK. You know, it was quite the opposite. Um, I learned pretty fast that it was going to take me a while to develop the skills because I, you know, I endured a lot of difficult rejection from the people close to me and particularly my family and some of my better friends. Um, you know, it was really tough. But, you know. <laughs> I, I think it was, it was really, you know, this is just the truth. This is one of the first times in my life that I didn't quit something that was hard. Um, and, you know, that had been my history is, is that as soon as things got difficult in life, I, I just sort of left, you know, because when you don't have a high self-opinion, then you, you know, as soon as something starts to get challenging, with, which everything that's of merit in life 
had struggles and difficulties. That, that's part of it. And but you tend to walk away because your expectation is that it won't work out. And so this time, I maybe because we were married and and had a new baby because my son was born two weeks later. I you know I I instead of going, you're right, I'm an idiot. I mean, this is 1989. Nobody knew people who were doing home businesses in 1989. <laughs> you really did. You, you know, I really was like a Martian at that time. But um, but my attitude was, you know, I'll show you. And uh, that was kind of what drove me. I, I, I wanted to develop freedom and something for my family more than I wanted other people's approval. And so I was willing to do what it took to learn what I had to learn. And it was really hard. It was really hard for me at first, but I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it, calling and calling and calling until it got a little more comfortable. And ultimately I, I developed a style which made it really comfortable for me to do and made people open to me. Mm. So what was that style? Cause you're shy, introverted and thank you for sharing, like not quitting. Um, you, and you're doing it over. I mean, th that's one thing that's guaranteed. If you do it over and over and over and over again, do a lot of it. Eventually, you get find something that works, right? So, what was that style that worked for you? Yeah, it was. Um, I couldn't operate off of any type of tactic or script. Um, I, I had to be genuine and nice. And you know, one of the one of the one of the things I'm really happy about in my upbringing is my mother taught me kindness and respect. And so that's how I approached people. Because my attitude always has been, you know, people need need what we have to offer. They needed it then, just like they need it they need it more now. But even then, people need they need other avenues. And so, if you can make people comfortable enough to learn about what you're doing, they'll take a look at it. And so, I just learned to be myself and be real and be nice and honest and respectful and let people know, hey, if this isn't for you, it's okay. And that. That um, approach of comfort allowed other people to feel safe to, to check it out. And then from there, you're just in a conversation and they learn. And so I became very, very good at sponsoring, even though I wasn't, you know, gifted in, mm. in sales. What was there? Was there a specific turning point or a light bulb moment where your business really started ticking off and you're like, wow, this is awesome. I got this. Yeah, there was... Um, I would say that there's a couple of times, Simon, because I had some success in my in my early years. And then that success was followed by failure because I made some really big mistakes financially and ended up with, you know, basically broke seven years later with a lot of education <laughs> and restarting. Um, so I would say that the first aha moment was um, like seven or eight months into the experience, learning that you really should make a list of every person you ever communicated with in your life if you touch them at all in any way, shape, or form, anyone that you could remember or could remember you, because that was a big game changer for me to learn that. I hadn't learned that. And then just systematically communicate with people because that's what led to my earliest success. But probably my biggest aha moment um, came at an event that I spoke at because I was you know, terrified, absolutely absolutely terrified to speak in front of people. Um, in, as a matter of fact, some of my earlier stories are pretty daggone funny um, of, of speaking in front of groups. Um, but there was an event that I was asked to speak at because I had a little, you know, I had a modicum of success and, um, and I'll never forget it. it was in Atlantic city and 
There was about 3,000 people there, and I, never, and, and I was terrified all day. I was sitting in the front row. I, wasn't, I only had five minutes on stage late in the day. So the whole day, I'm like freaking out because <laughs> I got to go up there later. And I'll never forget going up on stage, and I turned around, and all of a sudden, I went from totally terrified to, oh, it was this moment where I recognized that the thing I love to do is teach and 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 serve people from a, a teaching and, and training capacity. And that changed my business because that is really what this is for me. It's, it's a way to serve people through teaching and helping them understand what's possible. So that, that changed the whole scope of what everything was about for me. It, you know, it turned it from it's about me to it's about whoever I'm working with. That, I, I'd have to say that was probably one of the biggest defining moments for me. Thank, oh, thank you for sharing that. Um, so let's transition. I have a couple of things to ask you about your past when you first started, but since you brought that up, uh, let's talk about leadership because leadership is about serving people and it's something you talk a lot about. It's ironic you love to talk, but you used to be terrified until you had the aha moment. So I'm holding here right, I'm holding with, right here, leading with heart, powerful wisdom for lasting leadership in network marketing. Um, this is your latest book. So talk a little bit about leadership. What is really leadership uh, in network marketing? What are some of the mistakes that you see people make. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, Simon, you got to be careful, man. We, we might not have enough time for this topic. Um, this is my favorite topic to teach because really uh, learning and cultivating your leadership in this industry is so huge to long-term success. You know, pretty much anybody who works hard can build a business, at least in the short term, just through doing the process right because it really is success is inevitable if you'll just talk to people right but doing is not leading leading is an entirely different animal and the transition from doing to leading is an entirely different thing because leadership especially in our work but but really the best leaders in the world lead from a servant perspective right they they lead from um not a not a control perspective and so where you see the biggest errors in leadership are trying to lead by power, right? Trying to lead by force and control and power when effect, when the truth is effectively the only way you can lead volunteers, which is what a network is. These are people that are getting involved for their own reasons to create their own life and their own freedoms and their own successes. You can only lead them through influence, right? They have to want to follow you. They don't have any other reason to follow you. And so I, I classically see that corporate sort of mindset drift over to someone who's beginning to build an organization and they feel like, you know, they can tell people what to do. Now you have to actually earn the right to tell someone what to do. And that's a big, big dis difference. Really good stuff. You must earn the right. Um, so what? So if someone's new and they've never had been a leader before, or maybe they're like you, your background, you just had a corporate job, how can they work on their leadership? Well, it starts from the very first moment you, you engage people. Um, there's really a very – I detail this a little bit in the book, but I teach it also – Whenever I'm teaching corporations or, you know, training leadership in, in networking, you know, it starts literally from developing your credibility with someone, which comes from two primary aspects. I learned this through John Maxwell years ago. I don't know if he's the first guy to come up with this, but 
your, your credibility is this beautiful combination of your demonstrated or perceived competencies and your demonstrated or perceived character. And I use the word perceived because both of those things are perceptions to the people that you are leading, right? Warren Buffett says, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. So it's, it's, uh, it's up to us to make those perceptions realities, which have to be purposeful, right? I mean, everybody looks good in times of growth, but what about in times of challenge? What about in times of struggle? What about in times of conflict? How do you look then? That's what will reveal who you actually are, right? And and who you are is what people follow, right? That so it starts with just being diligent in your work and and doing what you say you're going to do. And then as it relates to the people that you're you're sponsoring and working with, you need to be available for them. You need to show them that you care about them, that you're putting their interests first, that you you know you're working to serve them where they are and not trying to make them be what you want them to be. That's another classic challenge. Um, the difference between motivation and manipulation, uh, it, you know, is is you want to help someone, you serve people where they are, and so they have to know really that you care about them. And, and so that, that's kind of the fundamentals that start. And then there's obviously as you go forward and, and time goes, like one of the, the primary things you hear a lot about is leading by example, right? You got to lead by example. And I think a lot of leaders uh, or people in a position of leadership, which that's another interesting dichotomy, a position of leadership is any any position of influence right so someone might be at the top of their pay plan and in the company and that that is an achievement position and so it could be a leadership position but people only follow you because they want to and so it needs to be a true connection and so it's not about the position it's about the person so when you're leading by example you need to be exampling in all aspects right and uh, a, a classic mistake is to think that that leadership is in a vacuum when in fact it's not. Um, the way people look at people in leadership is they tend to analyze them in every facet because they're looking for flaws. They're looking for, you know, what's wrong with this person as opposed to what's right. You know, are, are they congruent? Are they who they say they are? Do, or do they do what they talk about? That's the kind of stuff people really look at deeply. Um, but so it's not hard. It's basic principles or how you begin to develop the foundation of leadership. Awesome wisdom here, dropping nuggets of wisdom, Todd Burrier. I'm going to go a little deeper on uh, leadership, because you did talk about your aha moment was in an event. What should a leader do at an event, an MLM event? What are some things they should be doing? What would you do if you have your team coming to the – I mean, obviously you're promoting it, but at the event, what are some things a leader should be doing? Uh, well, the first thing a leader should do is show up. <laughs> so, you know, the leader, you, you can't expect people to show up if you don't show up. So showing up is the first thing. Next is um, being attentive and learning. Right? You know, you see often you'll see the, le the leaders, some leaders step out of the room and not be in there in the space. Right. You got to demonstrate learning. They got to demonstrate the fact that, you know what, any single nugget that you get from an event can change your life. And so if you're if the people that you are working with see that you're not paying attention, they're not going to take it as seriously. So um, next would be introduce people to as many other people who are building, growing, developing, having stories as possible, you know, to don't let don't put your people in a vacuum. That's really a huge one, because 
you know, you might be the greatest leader there is, you might be the greatest example that there is, but you're still only one person. And that means that there's only so many people and in so many ways people can connect with you and relate to you. So you want people to experience as many stories as possible because you never know. It's it's pretty ironic, right? I mean, the, the smallest thing coming out of someone else's mouth makes someone go, holy cow, that's it. That's the thing. And, you know, you might think, well, I, I said that seven times. It doesn't matter. It was you saying it. It was another person. So, um, you know, yeah, show up, be attentive, get people to meet other people. I think those would be, I, I mean, from an event, especially one you weren't running that you were just at, I think those are the most important things. Awesome, awesome stuff. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit now. Talk about time management. I think that's something pe- uh, people struggle a lot nowadays, especially distributors, because no one has ever has enough time. So, but when you started, um, you were just got married, and your your son's about being born. So you know, pregnant wife they have especially more needs, right? And your son was born, your new father, and you worked a bank job, and you had to go bartend to three a.m. in the morning drive for. So how did you even have time to build a business? And t- what was your so any time management tips for you to share? Yeah, um, obviously time time utilization then was way different than now, Simon. Because when I first started, I didn't have the internet. I didn't even know how to use a computer, but there wasn't the internet for me anyway at that point, right? And and that was at a period of time when your primary window to talk to people was in the evening from 6.30 to 9.00. That was it, right? And you had to call them on, you know, a phone that was attached to a cord that was attached to a wall or something. <laughs> and they had to be near their phone. You know, you didn't have all these mediums of communication and information. That, and so then it was purely a disciplining of, okay, I, I have, this is my window. So from this period to this period on the nights that I can, I work on Saturday, I work on Sunday night, I work, right? So whenever I knew people were available and I could, that's when I'd be on the phone calling and calling and calling and calling. Um, But time utilization in today's world is a totally different animal. I mean, the ability to interact with people, to share information, to work across, you can work across the world, you can work across time, even in your domestic areas nowadays, the time utilization is almost not a factor. It's really about discipline because you, the ability to connect with people through social media and through your, your handheld device, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's the, the business has never been simpler or easier to work. That doesn't make it easy to succeed because anything of value is still going to require you to grow and have struggles and have doubts and have challenges and have people that tell you you're crazy. Right? That's no, that's, that's part of that's part of the recipe for success, whether you're doing this or whether you're opening a coffee shop. Doesn't make any difference what you're doing. But time utilization now is really about just disciplining to do it. It's not a lack of time for anyone. It's just that, that's not the case because it's too easy to work in any space now, time wise. That is a good point. Like when you have too many options, a lot of times you don't do anything, right? Like, it's like if, you, if you're, only, you're hungry, if there's only one food to eat, you're going to eat that food. But when there's so many options, like buffet, you don't even know where to start, right? You get more paralysis. Because you're right. You can communicate and prospect at any second of the day, right? And, yes. you know, you say, well, it's too late in Maryland. But, hey, 
You know, you can go out on Facebook and find connect with someone who's wide awake up in Australia and find a prospect there. There really is no bad time to contact someone because you are global now. So how do you install some of that discipline? Like uh, if someone's like, well, I don't have the discipline, I'm struggling, what advice could you give that person? <sighs> on one hand, I'm a great person to answer this question, Simon. On the other hand, people might think if they know me now, I'm such a discipline freak that I'm not a great person to answer it. So I, I will tell you that as a person who grew up with no discipline whatsoever, the first thing is to actually develop the understanding of how important it is. I call it you're building your commitment muscles. And so the, the way I started, which now bleeds into everything I do in my life, but this was, man, 29 or 30 years ago, I started just the discipline of 15 minutes of exercise. That was my first little commitment because I was not in the kind of shape I wanted to be in. And then when I added personal development to that, which was another great thing that came out of my introduction to this industry, because that was a life changer for me. Um, I added the discipline of reading 15 minutes a day. Those two commitment to those two disciplines, first of all, showed me I could keep a commitment to myself, which is really a huge thing, because then you're like, okay, if I can do this, what else can I do? And so I literally personally built my own commitment muscles. And then that translates into everything I ever do. Because if I decide to do something, I simply chunk it, right? It's, uh, I'm, I've never been the hare. I've always been the turtle, right? But I'll be, I am the turtle. I'll be the turtle. I got no problem because he typically gets where he's going to go. And so I would say you start with small disciplines that you can repeat, and you commit to those. If you struggle to get yourself moving, maybe it's something as simple as three contacts today, right? Is three contacts going to build you an empire overnight? Um, no, even on 300 isn't going to build it overnight. But three is certainly not going to make you go fast, but it's a step. And if you make those three contacts, you step back and go, okay, I made that commitment. I did that commitment. And you see that just that little triumph, right? It's a whole, it's a concept of Kaizen, right? Which was talked about years ago. That that's how you do it, right? You, you start with a small bite you can bite, and then you take another bite, and then you take it, and after a while it becomes a habit. Discipline becomes a habit. Once it's a habit, it's game over. Then you just do it and do it and do it and do it and do it, whatever it is. Yeah, really good. It's, like you said, it's really like a muscle doing a small little thing that just. Uh... And then over time, you get stronger and stronger. Like, you can't do 100 push-ups if you can't even do five, right? Yeah. But if you do one push-up today and do one, three, you know, one push-up for 20 straight days, you'll be able to do 10 within a month. And then you get to the 100. And that's the same thing with discipline. None of us are born with discipline. I definitely wasn't disciplined. But, we you know, when I saw you, we met. I was like, man, this guy must be disciplined because – and then when I found out you have two grown kids, it's like, you're ripped. You're in great shape. <laughs> yeah, so check this out. Though. Me, me and uh, – Todd, we're hanging out. We have this retreat, right? A mastermind retreat. And this guy, we're all dressed business casual. He's dressed like, you definitely know he's, you know, people talk, talk about dressing smart. You know this guy has residual income. But he comes in and everyone's dressed in business casual. I have my Henley and my jeans and my, my typical look. He comes in with shorts, flip-flops, and the shirt, but his biceps are ripped. I'm like, what? Well, this guy must be making good money. And he obviously doesn't care. Because his money's rolling in, and he's living the lifestyle. And he's probably pretty young, and then found out he has two grown kids. So, like, whoa, MM's treated you well. You're too kind, Simon. I'm blushing in front of the world. <laughs> yeah. I think this guy is either clueless or 
He's made it because he can do whatever he wants, doesn't care. He's got residual income coming in. And then, then I found out you've been 28 years in profession. Um, so I, this is my favorite question. Okay? In your 28 years, what is your worst, worst, worst moment in network marketing to the point that most, most people definitely have quit and you probably was miserable, but you hung in there. That's why you are where you are today. Oh, boy. Um, I, I, you know, when you have the, the kind of amount of years that I've been doing this, my worst moments are like bigger periods than a moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like a really bad moment was a meeting I was doing in Pittsburgh once for 100 people a million years ago where in the middle of a sentence, I totally forgot what I was saying and I had completely lost track of where I was. That wasn't a fun moment, but the, the, the more poignant moment was a period of years um, where I just was not doing well. This was in the early to mid 90s um, and had made some serious financial mistakes and was really questioning myself and, you know, can, can I really do this? And, you know, literally had almost lost everything financially and just felt lower than low. Um, you know, so I have to say that that period, that struggle, which ultimately served me phenomenally well, which all of our struggles do, uh, you know, that was the moment, so to speak, for me, it was a moment of, of probably three years um, that were incredibly difficult, where anyone would have said, you're a, a lunatic to continue. Now, again, the business is a lot different in those days. Now you can easily continue and build a business um, because of the way you can work with time. But it was a lot more uh, cumbersome. That's, that's a good word. It was a lot more cumbersome to work in the industry back in the nine, early 90s. And at that period, it was you know, everybody basically was like, okay, see, told you it wouldn't work. See, <laughs> that was... That was tough, man. That was really, that was a challenging time. But why did you stay in there? Why did you stay in the profession? If you know, because, you're supposed to give you freedom and then actually, you know, makes, it, makes uh, things even tougher. That's a, I, I'm so glad you asked me that question. Um, there's two, two primary reasons that I stayed in. One, the idea of going to work for somebody else, that just, I'm sorry, but that's just not a possibility for me. Um, and it wasn't then. I, I just refused to be in a situation. I didn't care what I had to do. I wasn't going to be in a situation where someone could tell me what to do. I just, even if I didn't have any money, I wasn't going to be in that situation. But the bigger, probably more driving one is, even though I was struggling, you know, at, at, and, and this time in space, you know, I had two children and both of them. You know, right when I was almost at the end of my rope, so to speak, um, before things really turned and, and changed for me dramatically, you know, they were five and seven. They had never seen me go to a job. I had seen everything they ever did, every word they ever spoke. I participated in all their activities. I fully was involved in their lives. As a matter of fact, you know, my kids, by the time they were 18, I spent more time with my children than most parents would in three lifetimes, Simon. And if someone can put a dollar value on that, I'd like to see it because it was an unbelievable experience that I'm forever grateful for. And I owe it to the industry, regardless of how hard it was for me for a while. Um, that, that alone, forget all the other incredible things that have happened in my life from it, that alone is magical. Mm, very, very inspiring. How have you um, 
seen the profession change. You see, like, obviously, obviously a lot easier to do since just 28 years ago. But are people more open to network marketing? I mean, of course, you still seem like negativity, but are the people more generally more open to network marketing than it was back in the late 80s? Absolutely. Um, and not by a little, by a lot. Yeah, you're still going to run into someone that says, isn't that one of those pyramid things or something like that? And, you know, that doesn't, and that's just ignorance, you know, and, and I don't begrudge someone because they, they don't have knowledge about something. Um, but, you know, how can you refute an industry that's 100 million strong at this point, people-wise, and growing? And, you know, so you have two things that have happened dramatically, and which is why the industry is, we haven't seen anything yet. It's really going to explode in the next decade. But you have um, everybody's apple cart that they grew up with has been overturned, right? The, the idea that, uh, you know, I grew up in the generation, the last generation that thought that you could get a job and it would last. <laughs> now the average, the average career, I heard this statistic today, the average career is four and a half years. The career, not job. Career. People are changing careers every four and a half years. Why? Because they don't know what to do. And so you have um, you had their apple carts have been turned upside down. At the same time, technology has exploded and made it so much easier to work. But but the other thing that's just a fact is self evidency, right? It's when I started, there was nobody around me that I could point to and say, "Oh, that that guy over there, he's building something from home." But now every community has people like me, right? You know. That, that have built significant businesses, but, but it doesn't even have to be significant businesses, right? The more, the, some of the most meaningful money in this industry is the three to $500 a month that, that changes the life of a family that's struggling, right? Which is a, just a massive thing because it's something that someone is able to create on their own instead of going to a part-time job that's linear income that the minute they stop, it goes away and it's not building something for their future. So you have this incredible period of time where just all of the economics, I mean, I could spend a while on this because it's sort of an area of expertise for me. Um, the economics are clearly pointing that we are an entrepreneurial society and it's only going to get greater. Uh, and so I, I just think that most people who used to think they knew it all clearly know they don't know it all anymore because they don't really know what to do or they're not really sure what the avenues are gonna be for them in the future. And this industry is, it's a major solution, a major solution. Hey, ML Nation. Have you ever been paralyzed by fear of recruiting? You know, you want to be successful. You want to make money. You need to recruit. You need to talk to people. You got a prospect. You know, it's uh, and every, what do you call it? Every no is close to a yes. You probably heard of it before, right? And they're not rejecting you. They just reject an opportunity. But still, you're paralyzed by fear. You're nervous. If this happens to you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I welcome you to attend my free webinar, 11 Brain Hacks to Help You Overcome the Fear of Prospecting. Because I used to be the same way. You know, my first two months in a business, I made zero money. The reason why, I only talked to 10 people. And I was so scared. It took me two and a half months to talk to 10 people. I was just scared to approach people. And then one day, I had my big aha moment. I discovered some brain hacks, 11 little mental tricks that can say to yourself to help you overcome that fear. And once I overcame that fear, I was able to talk to people, at least five new people, five follow-ups, do three presentations a day, and that's my 553 routine. And it helped me become a top sponsor. I ended up uh, recruiting over 80 people a year for five straight years. So if you're interested to help you overcome your fears so that you can make the money and grow your business, go check out my webinar. 
It's mlnation.net forward slash fear. Okay, mlnation.net forward slash fear. Go check it out, register, and I look forward to seeing you on the training. You've been awesome, and um, this has been a lot of fun. We can talk forever and forever. Uh, good stuff with substance here. A lot of deep thoughts. But we got to kind of wrap up the show. So, but some quick questions to pick your brain. One of them is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Yeah, it's an oldie but goodie. Um, and it's a Zig Ziglar. Help enough other people get what they want and you'll get what you want. Um, because it's all about helping others first. And that's po- purely it's what drives me. Helping others makes me feel phenomenal. I love that aspect of our work. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Um, developing discipline. And so I guess I would say the habit of personal development on purpose, that was the, the linchpin habit. But every day I invest in it. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Um, it was a Jim Rohnism, uh, And I was blessed to have dinner with Jim Rohn a couple of times. But to achieve more, you must become more. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say you have a qualified prospect nowadays. Do you send them a link to an online video? Do you uh, meet with them and use a flip chart? Do you uh, do a webinar or Zoom? What do you like to use? Um, If I'm going to use a tool that's not me, it would be a video. But telling the story, personally telling the story is my favorite thing to do because nothing is more powerful than that. And it's the most – it's – it's as duplicatable as a video if people get it. <laughs> but I like a video as another tool. An online video is a great tool. Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Uh, I, I actually don't. Um, you know, I, I've, I'm just becoming technically savvy to some degree, Simon. <laughs> so um, I don't. You know, I, I you know. There isn't anything that I use exterior. You know, I have my own blog and stuff like that, but I don't. And here, uh, actually, what's one book, aside from your book, and we'll talk about how you can get your book later, uh, what's one book you could recommend to MLM Nation? Yeah, my, I think one of the greatest books ever for building this business is Ogmandino's Greatest Salesman in the World. Definitely. Ogmandino, definitely check that out. And uh, Todd, here's the last question the million-dollar question. Are you ready? Go ahead, Simon. So imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. You're kind of like an alien that went to another planet. You didn't know your kids. You didn't know your wife. You didn't know me. Contact list of zero. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you would do or the first place you go to build an MLM business from scratch? Does it just have to be one? couple places. You can know. It could be a couple places. Oh. Okay, so then that's easy. One is I would work through social media to make contacts like a maniac. And the second is I would go to every influential person in the community. I'd find out who the influential people were in the community, and I would go and talk to every one of them. Good stuff. Hey, um, you've been amazing, Todd. As we wrap up, do you have any last words or advice? And also, what's the best way listeners can connect with you and also get your books? Um, so the, the best way to connect, connect with me is I've recently launched my fan page. So facebook.com slash Todd Burrier or my blog, which is toddburrier.com. Um, so those are probably the two best places right now to, to find me. 
And um, my la- my piece of advice is that it doesn't matter who you are. You are enough. You don't need to be like anybody else. Um, you have been blessed with everything you personally need. So develop yourself and be okay with the fact that you have what you need because you can do it. And you have what you what you're supposed to have, right? So don't don't think, oh, I'm not like this or I'm not like that, because someone else is looking at you, going, hey, I'm not like that, right? So you have what you need. Trust that you do, and um, you know, just simply take the steps every day. You make success inevitable. Working the process every day. It's that's the beautiful thing about this. So that's that's my last little nugget, Simon. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been my it's been an honor to, to spend the time with you, man. Thanks. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you've been hanging out with Todd Burrier. So keep up the momentum and go to MLNation.net and type in Todd at the search bar, T-O-D-D at the search bar and the show notes and all the nuggets of wisdom and the links to Todd's books will be there. In order to be successful in life and in network marketing, Todd, you must help others. So thanks again, Todd, for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thanks so much again, Todd, and God bless you. Thanks again, Simon. I appreciate it, man. Hey, ML Nation. How would you like to track an endless supply of leads using Facebook, especially with Facebook Live? I'm sure you know Facebook Live is the rage right now. You've been on them. You've probably seen one of our Facebook Lives. And, you know, top leaders, a lot of my good friends in the profession right now are crushing it. They're like the top income earners, top recruiters. Where do you get these people? From Facebook Live. And even at ML Nation, I'm sure you've seen one of our Facebook Lives. We get anywhere from like 60 to 70 to sometimes 90 to 100 leads a day using our five-stage Facebook Live system. And on I'm doing a free training right now on this webinar. We can go to the five stages and what to do because Facebook Live is not just turning on the camera and just saying a few things. There's actually a list of things you need to do and not to do and how to really be efficient and productive with this. And when I taught the five-stage Facebook Live system to one of my coaching clients, she immediately, even though she never really did lives before, started getting 20 to 30 leads a day to grow her business. So imagine you had 20 to 30 leads a day. What would have happened? What would happen to your business? What would happen to your income, right? So check out this training. You can just go to mlnation.net forward slash live, L-I-V-E. Okay, mlnation.net forward slash live, where you can learn the five-stage Facebook Live system so that you can attract an endless supply of leads. Go register right now, mlnation.net forward slash live, and I look forward to seeing you at the free training. ML Nation, the Simon Chant with amazing show from Todd Burry. I thought this was one of the... Wow, what a really deep, deep ones. I could talk to him for hours and hours and hours. Go deeper about leadership, deeper about the discipline, the muscles. Um, By the way, that's a major takeaway, right? By the way, before you do that, just connect with Todd and thank him. This guy's a 28 veteran. He's actually been, even though he's active, he he was, when I got to know him better, he's been retired for a while, just doing other things. But the income from MLM steep coming in. And he actually shared something inspiring. Even though the challenges, he has spent more time with his kids uh, by the time they're 18, the most people in three lifetimes. And that is so awesome about this profession. And, you know, if you're listening to this, you know MLM's going to get bigger because we are becoming more entrepreneurial. We know, people know that nowadays, right? If you, you know, anyone who's like grew up within the 20s right now, even teenagers, right, or 30, they know there's no such thing as company loyalty. You know, people don't stay in companies for a long, long time. You don't stay with like an IBM or G for a long, long time, right? Because the world is changing. 
people are becoming more entrepreneurial. That's why people are going to be more are already and even more increasing so open to network marketing. That's so exciting for us. People are open, good prospects out there. And I think with social media, you can't people may not believe in it, but you can't deny that this business works. So talk about discipline. I think this is the main thing about discipline. It's like it's a muscle. Do it a little bit every day, right? If you can't even talk prospect for 15 minutes, you can't even read for 15 minutes, read for one minute. I bet you if you read for one minute for seven straight days, you can read it for two minutes, right? And that discipline keeps you doing the things you don't want to do but you need to do. It's one of the reasons I take a cold shower. I have not taken, aside from when I got sick in January, I haven't taken a warm shower in almost three years because that's the discipline. Like I do something I don't like to do or hanging on the bar first thing in the morning. I got calluses on my hands, right? And if you don't know about that, you could definitely... Uh, check out behind the scenes episode. I talk about my routines in the morning where doing something like kind of physically painful but pushes me or working out in the morning. I even don't feel like doing it, but conquering yourself, right? It's a discipline. Now, when I first started, I couldn't do that. I was just like Todd. And Todd, you know, think about it. He was scared. He's an introvert. But how he got over that was, number one, doing the course every day, every day, every day, and he realized that his freedom was more important than other people's approval. By doing that, eventually he got good at it. And how do you prospect was approaching people with, with approaching people with respect and letting letting them know, letting them know that it's okay if it's not for you, right? But getting back to the discipline, start off if you, you know maybe you can't even read fifteen minutes, read one minute a day. If you can't make three calls, make one call a day at a specific time, but every single day, seven days a week, and I guarantee you get better and better and better. And that's basically you know again thinking back, one of the turning points for me. I had a specific time, scheduled time, every day, 4.30 to 6 p.m. I always recruit and prospect. And when I first started, I couldn't do that for an hour and a half. I just, 15 minutes was tough for me. But doing that, eventually I got to 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I could do longer and longer. And then like anything in life, success is a muscle, right? I think that was one of the biggest aha moments. Uh, and like you all should, that is, whatever you're struggling, it's a muscle. Start small and build it up consistently. I love what Todd shared about event and what he really discovered his purpose was that this business is about serving people. He discovered his passion to teach and serve. And once he did that, his whole business changed. It's this business about serving others and serving others, right? So what is when we start off the show, we talk about what's your purpose? What is your purpose? You know, my purpose is to revive life, to have a positive impact as many lives as possible. What is your purpose? And leadership, if you're in leadership, you're fulfilling our purpose. Leadership is leading, right? You don't lead with power. You lead with influence, but you must earn the right to lead. You got to be helping people. You got to be diligent in your work. You know how you can be a better leader? Be diligent. Develop that muscle. Build this business consistently every day. Serve people. But that's how, that's how Todd was That's how you become a leader and leading by example. Doing it every, whatever you want people to do, you start doing because people are always watching you. People, do, people tend to look at what's wrong. So you better make sure every day Whatever you want to do, leading by example, everything. Everything counts. You know, good, uh, really specific technicals of leadership at events, right? Leaders at, at events, they show up, they promote, they're attentive, they're in the front learning. Because you can learn, 99% of it could be, oh, I know this already, but a 1%, yeah, you get it, that could change your total, the whole business around. And another thing a lot, it's very important that leaders do is they connect people, introduce to people to as many people who are also growing, growing, because connect and who have stories, right? Don't put people in a vacuum. 
Lastly, time management. You know, Todd started during that time was definitely way harder. You didn't have social media. You didn't have cell phones, mobile phones. You had to only contact people at specific times, right? And time management is really about discipline, creating consist, creating, creating a consistent time to do, do, do the, creating a consistent time to do the business every single day. All right, consistent time to do the business every single day. And lastly, talked about you know um, his worst time, his toughest time during the three years, but he stayed in. And you know the lessons you learn in life come during your toughest times. When we win and do well, we don't really learn that much. But when it's the toughest times, that is when we grow the most. And lastly, you're enough. You're good enough. Stop doubting. Just focus on yourself, work on yourself, work on those disciplines, work on that muscle, and just do the business consistently, and you'll get there. And that's, a lot, and that's how Todd Burry, shy, quiet, introverted person, got to where he is today, top income earner at his company. Hey, I'm on this I'm Simon Shaw. I'm just loud and proud of this profession, talking to leaders like that, right? How this business transforms you. Learning the self-development itself from network marketing is incredible. Do that daily discipline. Thank you for listening. I'm loud and proud to be part of this, and I appreciate you all. And now it's your turn. Remember, we're in the profession to help others, so go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. 